Contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Brad Hebner, and I'm here with my co-host, Eric Triplett, and welcome to Hammer and Grind, the podcast built for contractors. Real contractors, true stories, real solution. Okay, so here's the deal. We want to, Eric and I want to help as many contractors as possible, but we need your help uh, to get the word out there. So when the podcast is over, do us a favor, leave us a review and share this with other contractors so we can help them out. Collectively, we'll all get better. And speaking of uh, connecting with other people, if you're looking for a community to connect with, uh, other like-minded contractors, join our free Facebook group called the Contractor Profit Group. There's lots of great conversations going on about business in there. And that's a great place to hang out and learn more. Or if you're looking to take your business to the next level, check out our paid coaching group called The Profit Club. Uh, Inside The Profit Club, we have weekly coaching calls, weekly training webinars, monthly calls with industry experts. And we even have a, a few discounts on some services to help you run your business. So if you'd like to find out more about that, you can visit us at hammerandgrind.com forward slash The Profit Club. And today, we're going to be talking about why everything is Eric's fault. It's not my fault. It's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) It's your fault, Eric. I know. It's my fault. Everything's my fault. It's my fault, too. Well, that's the bottom line. I mean, it's your business. It's your fault. And people need to, people really need to accept that. They need to embrace that. Um. You know, too many people point fingers nowadays. It's just in today's, seems like today's society. It's not my fault. You did it. Point a finger, point a finger or whatever. Um, if it's your business, it's not going the way you want it to. If you're not winning, it's your fault. Yeah, but my, I mean, it's not my fault if an employee, you know, forgets to put the tool in this truck for the day or he, lead, you know, forgets to do that one task at the job site. That's not my fault. Maybe you didn't train him well enough. See what I mean? Like it's... I always go back, it's, man, I didn't train him well enough. I didn't give him enough time. I didn't do the right walkthrough with it. You know, like that, that, that's the mentality I have to take towards my business to grow and get better and to, and to get my employees better and to catch their attention. I got some stories about that. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, I, I guess that's true, but it's not my fault if they're late for work. You know what I mean? They just didn't get out of bed early enough. That's not my fault. It's still your responsibility. That's where this is all going to twist. The responsibility factor lays in. This is what this is what happens. If it if they didn't show up for work on time, it's because maybe you've been too soft on your other employees, and they've seen you be soft to the other employees coming late. You're not hard enough, and so they're like, "Ah, it's going to be all right. I'll just I'll be a few minutes late." I'm in fact, I'm going to stop and get some coffee. Well, I mean, that's but getting coffee is a valid reason. I mean, that's a valid excuse to be late, Eric. <laughs> this is 2021. <laughs> true, true that. <laughs> so obviously a little bit of a uh, tongue in cheek there, but I I think we could probably end this podcast in one minute. And that's uh, you know, we can just recommend the book um, extreme ownership by Jocko Willink. Have you read that book, Eric? I actually haven't, you know, I bought, I bought that book to read. And then uh, one of my, one of my dear friends, a contractor, was having a lot of trouble with some employees. And before I could read it, I'd literally put it in an envelope. I, I boxed it up and sent it to him. 
and I never, I never got it back from him and I didn't buy it again, but I sent it to him and it, it like really changed the way he does things. He's like, I can't believe you sent me this book. It's been awesome. But I think I have some of those tendencies that, you know, like taking blame, like it's my fault, it's my responsibility, but I need to go buy that book. I'm going to order it right now. I can't believe you haven't read that yet. And now on top of that, what's that? Not, I literally had it. Like literally when I got it, my friend was complaining about, you know, how his employees screwed everything up and, it, you know, it wasn't his fault. And I just literally put it in a, in a sent it to him. I can't believe it. I just can't believe you haven't read that book. Uh, well, ha- the other how one. about you can't believe that I actually like gave it to someone that needed it? I more believe than that. I you're a nice guy. I believe that. I mean, you're a pretty nice guy. The other book, though, that he has, that the Dichotomy of Leadership, is also a great book. Uh, those two go hand in hand. They need I to bought be read. both of those books and sent them both away to other people. I never read them. <laughs> <laughs> how, how crazy is that? Well, let me uh, let me give you some book titles I haven't read yet and tell you, though you can send them to me. Okay, good. <laughs> well, the basic premise of the book is, as a leader, you're responsible for everything. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. I mean, if you... Your employees screw up. It's your fault. You know what I mean. You didn't your customer, your customers uh, try and take advantage of you uh, on the job site. That's your fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. it. It's completely your fault. You hired the people. You trained them. You did the marketing. If you didn't do the marketing, you hired the marketing agency. You know what I mean? Like it just. It's at the end of the day, it's one hundred percent your fault. Now, are there things out of your control? Sure. I mean. You know, employee gets in an accident. It wasn't his fault. Like that's nothing you can really do about that. Right, right. But the, your your daily, you know, forgetting things. Do you have a checklist? Uh, you know, coming in late. Do you have? Do you like you said? Do you let them get away with it? Are you are you too soft on them? Mm-hmm. Do you say, oh, I can't afford? You know, there's not enough people out there. I just I just take them as I can get them. I know people. <laughs> I know contractors that and. Don't get me wrong. Some of some of the trades are, are very difficult. Roofing, concrete, you know, stuff that's really hard to do. Um, and it's really hard to get people. And the people that work in those trades tend to be, you know, rough people, rough around the edges. Um, you know, I, I just know contractors like they had eight employees and then, you know, one week only three of them show up. But, but they don't fire them because the next week they'll come back. It's just like, I'll just take them whenever they can show up because I, I can't afford to fire them. Because even if they only work, you know, 20 days out of the month, it's still 20 days that I have help. It's bad leadership. I mean, it is, but, you know, how do you fix that? You hire Applicant Pro, get them. We're not officially sponsored by them yet, but you hire Applicant Pro and you fire their asses and you get new people. You train them better. You treat them well. You treat them nice. You pay them well. You keep them around. I mean, like, that's your fault. I mean, if you're not winning, it's your fault. There's, there's ways around it. You can, you, you just, you, you can't have the victim mentality. So that's the thing. I don't believe in victim mentality. I can't stand it. I, I want to get a, as far away from it as possible. You know, if I, if I get an employee on the team and they have the victim mentality, they do not last long. Right. And, and that's just the thing. And it's funny because if I think back to all the employees that I've had over the years that have the victim mentality, it is never their fault, right? Anything that happens, right? So when you have an employee screw up 
and clearly it's their fault, right? I'm going to take responsibility, so ultimately it's my fault. But when I go, hey, what what the heck happened here? Oh, it wasn't my fault. I mean, that drives me crazy. It just goes straight to victim mentality, and I, I just want to get as far away as possible. So this is something that I I struggle with in terms of not accepting the fact that it's my fault because I, I thoroughly acknowledge that everything's my fault. But I struggle with the fact that it's because of decisions that I've made that it's my fault. You know what I mean? Like I brought this onto myself kind of thought process. And so a lot of times I can even like, you know, self-deprivation. I'm like, you, you know, why did you do that? Why, you know, why did you hire that guy? Or why did you let that happen? Or why did you do this? And, and almost get onto myself, you know, too much. Um, I don't know if you've ever struggled with that or not, but that's something like I, I, once I kind of understood that, you know, actually after I read that book by uh, the extreme ownership, I was like, yeah, it is, it, it is hundred percent my fault. And then I started like getting depressed because I realized that <laughs> some of the six, you know, I haven't had as much success in my business because it's my fault. Have you ever struggled with that at all? Uh, maybe not to that degree. Um, I'd usually get, I get over things pretty fast. Uh, I try not to beat myself up too much. I, I mean, I do self-evaluate and I can get after myself, but I usually can recover fairly quickly, not dwell on it too much. Is there, in your opinion, is there like, is there ever situations where it's not your fault other than like the car accident? I mean, is there times where it's like, okay, this is a legit thing. It's not really your fault. Yeah, you need to own up to it, but it's not really your fault. Well, I mean, I got cancer. Was it my fault or was, you know, was it because I ate poorly? Was, you know, like there's, there's certainly circumstances that are not your fault. You know, someone can be born with a deformity or a mental disability. It's not necessarily their fault, you know, so surely things like that. But, um, you know, so I, I'm a, this is interesting. This is an interesting point of view, I think, because, I've had animals my whole life, you know, and, and fish and plants. And, you know, it's a big responsibility to have those kind of animals. And there's been times where I've screwed up in a pond and I've lost fish because of, you know, like literally what I did. Like I left the hose running overnight, uh, for, you know, got distracted, left the hose running, chlorine killed my fish, you know, and it's devastating. And so like when you have that kind of, when you have that kind of loss due to something that you've done, that's when I might beat myself up a little bit. Um, if I lose a little bit of money on a job, like one time I made a $10,000 mistake on a job. I measured the liner one way and because of my inexperience, I, did, I got the measurement incorrect. $10,000 mistake. Was I upset? Yeah, I was super upset. Um, but, you know, I was just like, well, I screwed that up. I learned that lesson. Well, I'm not going to make that again. And then I just go on. But, you know, I lose... 500 bucks in fish and I'm devastated, freaked out, bummed, you know, super upset, have a hard time sleeping at night, you know, all this heavy remorse. Right. So when it comes to animals like that, it's, I think it's, it's just, it's given me a different perspective on, you know, how to absorb, you know, a fault on something else. When someone gets hurt, it's bad. Well, yeah, I mean, 
if they get hurt because you didn't have proper safety procedures, you didn't do a safety audit or whatever, yeah, that's your fault. But if your guys were doing something stupid and joking around and got hurt, I mean, is that your is that your fault? Right. I, I see what you're saying. But you still have to you have to take it if you have if you constantly have that wherewithal to be like, hey, I can have some kind of control over everything. I mean, clearly you don't have the hand of God and you're gonna make everything go exactly the way you want it. Things are gonna go poorly in certain times. We learn from it, you know, and, and not dwell on it. Um so you know, I have safety meetings all the time. I train the guys, you know, like currently right now we're in triple digits in, in Southern California. So we have safety meetings two, three times a week about heat. Let's go have enough water. Let's have the shade. Like, like, Hey, you should be hydrating at night. You know, you should not necessarily come to work and drinking a monster when it's already 92 degrees outside. You should already be hitting the water up. You know, they, if they drink beer all night long, wake up with some coffee, come to work with the monster, they're already, their tank's empty on, you know, being dehydrated. I can only do so much and hopefully they, they'll be okay. You know, sometimes, sometimes people, they just don't pay attention. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like that, you know, is it your fault that they drink beer all night and come to work with the monster? Not really, but I mean, you did hire them, right? So in in a sense, it is your fault. If you're, if you're hiring people that maybe aren't making wise decisions. I mean, it's a tough road to be on, but ultimately everything that happens in your business is your fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, the buck stops with you. So, you know, if your guy comes to work, he's dehydrated, he passes out from the heat, has a heat stroke, heat exhaustion, whatever, you know, and now he's got to go to the ER or whatever happens, like, you know, your workers comp's going to pay for that. Well, it's your responsibility. Yeah. Workman's comps could say it's your fault, right? <laughs> right. So, that's so what I'm it, saying. It, it ultimately is your fault. I mean, so, but then it could come down to the buddy system. Like for us, you know, we're always watching each other, right? So, even if they come to work dehydrated, I can't help their lifestyle. They're going to do what they want to. But, you know, if we get them to the job site and I see them already declining, that's when we're like, hey, let's take a water break. Hey, why don't you kick back? Why don't you relax? You know, like, some there's other there's a lot of layers of of precaution and there's a lot of layers of training and if you have enough layers you know you're still going to run into problems and hopefully they're minimal but still your fault like that's that's the way you have to take it that's that's the road to success is accepting that and and trying to navigate with with that in mind well, and yeah, you said the you said the key thing there, which is the victim mentality. I mean, lots of business owners have victim mentalities. Right? That's that's the worst. Yeah, yeah. The, the market the market's not it's not a good market. I mean, I I to an extent I have this because it's like I can't find good help. You know what I mean? Like it's it's tough to find good help. I struggle finding good help. It's still my fault. Am I advertising uh, everywhere I could? No. Am I? Um, you know, putting all my effort into recruiting and hiring? No. So I can't really blame anyone else except me. I mean, is it tougher? Can it? Can things be tougher? Can the market be tougher? Sure. Can the? Can we be in a depression? People aren't buying? Sure. But that doesn't mean it's like, you know, completely washed up, impossible. It's never going to work out. It just means you're going to have to work harder or figure out some creative ways to get around it. Well, that comes back to decisions that you're making and priorities that you're setting. So, you know, if you made the decision to, 
you know, go work on a new software that's going to help you, you know, dot a, an I and cross a T a little bit cleaner and get you to a job a little bit faster. If you put more priorities into that than to hiring, you know, a better staff and maybe my T and my I is not going to be just as perfect as it could be. Like there's the decision that you made and that's, that's where you can say, Hey, it was my fault. I should have maybe spent, made that a higher priority because there's only so many hours in a day. So you're making decisions on what you can get done and, and what you want to do. So, but then you're going to hire good help and then you're going to fall short on that. And that's your fault. You got to just switch the priorities up a little bit. So it's always, there's, you're always, it's like a ping pong match. You're always going to be hitting things that you're falling short. If you're always on the journey to self mastery and you're completing, you know, want to be growing all the time, you're never just going to plateau and you're going to hit the rainbow unicorn platform, and just kick back right there. You want to get to the next level. You're going to hit roadblocks. You're going to make bad decisions. You're going to have to make adjustments. You're going to, things are going to happen that your fault. You just got to keep getting better and better. And the, the more you, the, the more you're making decisions and the, the, the faster you get at it and the better you get at it, the better decisions you make in the future. And hopefully it's, it's less and less sizable faults, if that makes sense. It's things that don't hurt as much. Yeah. Sometimes whenever you um, take ownership of things that your team does and then you make changes your team doesn't like it. <laughs> I remember one of the things that I struggled with in my business is my guys would always forget to do little stupid crap. You know what I mean? Like they would, one day they would forget to clock in on a job. The next day they would forget to clock out on a job. The next day they would forget to put, you know, materials that they use. They forgot to turn the receipt in. They didn't, you know, they didn't enter the receipt. They whatever it is, like all these little dumb things each day. And it was never the same thing. It wasn't like each, you know, it wasn't like one person forgot to clock in every morning, every day. And that was it. It was like something different every day that they forgot to do. And so it was like this revolving door of the same six issues that came about. So I created a document and it was like, uh, basically because all this stuff had revolved around like what their daily responsibilities were. And so I created a document that was, you know, when is my day over? And it's basically, it was like, if, if you haven't taken pictures of your job and entered them into our software, your day's not over. If you didn't clock in and then check all your time, I don't care if you forgot to clock in on a job. At the end of the day, before you go home, you need to go back and check and make sure that all your times are correct, right? So you forgot to clock in, no big deal. People forget. But at the end of the day, you go in and you you change your times to represent the, the correct times. You know what I mean? Like if your van wasn't cleaned out at the end of the day, if you had trash in there, you don't get to go home until that's done. And so I created this document. And in that document, I even created what the consequences are. You know, after four times of being reminded, you you could lose your job because I'm not going to babysit you. Like this, you're getting paid to be an adult and do your job. So after I created that document and gave it to them, I'm pretty sure that was what pushed one of my guys out. Um, because he, he was one of the ones that was struggling with this a lot. And it wasn't like, Eric, you have to do this or you're fired. Like, it wasn't like that. It was like, Hey, this is what we need to do. If, if we need to put policies in place, if I need to help you, if, if I need to give you reminders, whatever, let me know, you know, like I'm willing to work with you and make sure we get this done, but we can't have this anymore. If you go home at the end of the day and you forgot to do these five things, you know, every day. Um, 
And he was just one of those guys that was, I mean, he was a great employee, great customer service, but he would just forget stuff all the time. And it was always little things and it was, it, it cost money. I mean, leave tools on a job. Like the guys are done a job all the way across town to get a call. Hey, your guys left a tape measure here. Your guys left a level here. I'm like, gosh, dang it. You know, and we're not doing a job on that side of town for another three weeks. So it's, a, you know, it's a trip across town just to get that level or whatever it is. Um, so that that could be a side effect of taking ownership. You know what I mean? In your business, because when once you start taking ownership, you're going to start seeing things that, hey, it is your fault. It is your fault. You didn't train them. It is your fault you didn't set the expectation. It is your fault that you let them get away with this stuff. So, you know, sometimes when you take ownership, it actually may have a little bit of a setback. It may cause a little bit of uh, stuff going on. But I'm curious, though, Eric, what let's just say you've, you've been a victim. You've been a victim owner. Now we've enlightened you. You've seen the light and you've the, the bell's gone off. You've had an epiphany. I am responsible for everything in my business like what's the next thing you should do as a business owner with your team in regards to your team what do you what would you say is the the first thing they should do well i mean that the you have to you have to accept that you do have some control over some things right that that would be the first thing is you know i, I think back to you know a lot of the hardcore victim mentality people mindset that i know Gosh, man, I don't even know if if they can if you can break through that crust to get through that, you know, crack that shell and pull it off and throw it away. But um, if you start to think, you know, when when something happens, you got to you have to catch yourself recognizing it's super important, right? Oh, this is not my fault. This happened because of this. It's like, okay, wait a minute. How could have I controlled this? How could I have had some kind of control over this? So there's a lot of things that we can have control over, right? So if if that if your tool van was in such a great shape when they would do a, a site inspection before they leave, hey, the levels goes here, the drills go there, the tape measures go here, like right. So like, I think understanding and and maybe even getting excited about how can we control this? I mean, this is this is easy coming from a control freak, right? <laughs> I know you've called me a control freak many times, but I'm not really. It, it's interesting to go like, how can I, how can I train? How can I control? How can I, how can I make this not happen again? It becomes a challenge and it becomes fun. And, and if, if you can start to think that way, that's, that's the beginning of, of some magical stuff. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. <clears throat> it was a little bit of a trick question only because in the book, extreme ownership, he kind of tells you what that is. Um, the first thing I would do is I would approach my team in a team meeting and say, guys, I screwed up. You know what? All the stuff that's been happening, this, you know, forgetting this and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's 100% my fault. And I apologize to you guys. And, you know, I'm going to make it right. I'm going to start giving you the tools that you need, the training that you need, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is but you're taking ownership of the fact that it's actually their fault. I mean, in reality, it's their fault. You know what I mean? Like they're the ones making the stupid mistakes, 
but it's your fault because you let you let them get away with it. You didn't train them. You hired them, whatever it is. But the first thing you have to do is basically go and confront your team and apologize to them and take ownership of all of it. And that's going to be a hard pill for a lot of contractors to swallow. So I'll tell you a story. I, um, I've listened to a lot of Jocko stuff. I'm a big fan of Jocko. And so a lot of this extreme ownership, um, philosophy and the thought process behind it, you know, I've picked up from, you know, podcasts and what have you without reading the book that yes, I'll get the book and read it. I see you looking at me funny. So I wanted to tell you one time, and this is a little rough for me to say, I want to like go about this the right way, but we were traveling on the road um, with my team on a project and my, my lead guy, <clears throat> my lead guy, <sighs> he made some really poor decisions, like confronted, you know, his team. Like imagine your, your crew chief confronting like the entire team drank too much at night, you know, got in an argument, starts talking down to everyone, really a bad, bad scenario. Like bad. If you think how bad it could be and then escalated a little bit more, that's how it was. And then for whatever reason, I wasn't on location at that time and I can't, I was there early the next morning and my crew chief wasn't, he was late. And I caught word of, caught wind of what happened because the other team was already working and I was super, super upset. I was like, I was livid. And, um, he shows up to work late while we're on the road in hotels and stuff and just gets to work and everyone's working, but there was a lot of tension. And so when I finally like had enough, uh, let it marinate and like think it through and, and let it absorb without getting upset, I, I pulled the, my, my lead guy aside. I was like, Hey, we're, we're running the hardware store, hop in the truck. Let's go. And so we get in the truck, we're driving down the way and sorry for this, Brad, but we get in the truck and we're driving and I was like, I really fucked up, man. I really, I really let you down. Uh, I, I just don't think I've equipped you with the right, the right stuff to be a good leader. And, uh, I just want to say, I'm sorry. And he looked at me like, he was waiting for me to just go, how dare you, you, you can't do this, blah, blah. You know, he was like, he was waiting for me to just rip his face off. Right. And I started apologizing to him. And like, literally this guy's looking at me like he wants to cry. Like, oh my God, I let you down. And, and like the whole, the whole, it was, it was really an amazing moment. And on the flip side, when I got back with my team, the, the, his, his crew underneath him, I had the same conversation with them exactly identical. And I took, I took responsibility and I took the blame and said, it was my fault that this confrontation happened that night. And I was really sorry. And it wouldn't happen again. And they're looking at me like, it's not your fault. It's his fault. You know, like it was, it was this really weird. The amazing thing is we got over it together and I still have all the same guys on the team. And, um, Will they always remember that? Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's important. But um, the fact that I took responsibility for it was a real eye opener. And you, I could see it in their face. It was, it, was a, it was a neat moment in my career. I love that story. I mean, that's, that literally is a perfect illustration of what I'm talking about. 
you know, as business owners, when we take ownership um, and we take the fall, you know, it's easy. Like if you're talking to a customer or one of your guys, whatever, does something, breaks a window, you know, breaks something, scratches something, tears something up. You go to the customer, you're like, hey, Mr. Customer, Miss Customer, you know, we screwed up. It's kind of, I always say the we, like if my guy screwed up, we screwed up type thing. Um, if they came up with an idea or if they did something awesome, I give them the credit. Hey, Eric over here, you know, kicked butt and, and did this awesome thing for you. But, um, yeah, I mean, just the, the, the I don't even know how to top that because that is, that is the perfect illustration of, of owning it. And there's, there's so much power. And when you do that, um, it's also humbling. You, you have to be humble to be able to do that. If you have an ego as a contractor, you're, you're going to have a hard time struggling with that. I know, uh, uh, before you jump on there, I don't know if I've told this, I think I've told this story once, but I knew a general contractor that would treat his people like crap, treat a subcontractor like crap. And one day he was in an argument with an electrician because I, I knew the electrician. He told me the story. They were arguing on the job site about something and the contractor just got into his truck and drove off and then called the con called the electrician and just started screaming at him over the phone because that was the way he communicated was over the phone. He couldn't do it in person. He, wa he, he wasn't man enough to do it in person, so he had to leave <laughs> so he could get on his phone and scream at him because that's just the type of person he was. That's like a keyboard warrior. You, know, only, you can only talk me to someone on a keyboard on Facebook or something. Uh, coincidentally, that was the same contractor that told my brother-in-law that uh, he couldn't afford them. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was a good that was a good one. I really like that podcast. Same contract. So listen on on a really similar note, and and um, you know, I feel like I I love our coaching group. Can I just say that? Is that can I just put that plug in there right now? Yeah, I love it too. So I feel like I've been I've been coaching some of my peers and and uh, other people coming up in the business for. A long, long time. And even before our coaching group was put together, you know, when we, you and I put this together, the reason I sent that book, I think I sent him, um, the dichotomy of leadership is the book I sent to him. Um, and he's in our coaching group now, which is really fun for me. But when I, I sent him that book because he called me up, like he was having trouble with his employees and he didn't know what to do. And, and, um, it was really, really a cool moment for me as well, because this is probably around the time where I, um, I had that scenario I was just telling you about. In fact, the extreme ownership, I, I bought that book and gave it to my, my, my super my, my crew chief at the time. I'm like, you need to read this book. Right. But the dichotomy of leadership, the book that I sent out was because my contractor buddy, it was telling me how he's really struggling with some of his employees and telling me all the woes and all this shit. And I was like, listen, bro, this is all your fault. And he's like, well, you know, backing out, backing out. And I remember I did like a role play with him. This is, this is cool. You're gonna love this. I did a role play with him and I told him what to say to his employees. Uh, and exactly what I just said, I told you to my crew chief and what I said to my, my crew members, it's my fault. You know, I let you down, blah, 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 this kind of effect. And I told him what to say. I got goosebumps on my legs right now. And he he was like, 
I have to think this through. But the next day he went in, he went into his guys and he did that. His guys were literally getting ready to, to quit. He was ready to fight. He actually was like, I think I'm going to fire my entire team tomorrow. That was one of his things he was saying. And it was also because half his team wanted to quit anyways, because they were having so much struggle. So he goes to work and he has this conversation with his, with his team. Meanwhile, his father's there on part of his team, like helping him. Right. And his father's looking at him like, who are you and what have you done with my son? Like, I can't even believe this is coming out of your mouth because it was so unorthodox for this contractor, right? And he said he had the conversation and it totally corrected all the problems. Everyone was like, no, dude, it's my fault. I let you down. I'm not going to let this happen again. They started accepting some of the blame. They started taking some of the ownership where before they were like, no, it's him. It's him. It's not me. It's you. Like all this stuff. It, it like brought the team together. And so that was the reason when I had that conversation with him and the next day, he told me how, how it affected uh, his team. I put that book with that I didn't get a chance to read yet. And I sent it to him and it made a big difference in, in his business. That's gold. That's pure gold. I love it. My favorite thing is like his dad was staring at him. He's like, my, I saw my dad look at me like, who are you? I don't even know who you are right now. And that's, that's like, that's the real awakening right there. You know, that's the magic. There's so much power in that. There's just, I don't know what it is because I hate, you know, admitting that I'm wrong to my wife. (laughs) 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 But there's so much power in it whenever you do it to your team. Uh, You should do it to your family and your wife, by the way. But uh, just like you said, you gave it two illustrations of how it worked perfectly. And that's exactly what you should do. But like you said, man, like he's like, I'm going to fire everybody. But then I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can do that. You know, I don't know if I can confront them and and, uh, take the blame for everything. But dude, when you do that and you do it to your team, it it will change the entire dynamic. It can change the entire dynamic of your business just by simply doing that. So if you're out there listening right now and you're struggling with your team, you're struggling with maybe even subcontractors, um, you know, just fall on the sword, as we call it, and uh, take the blame and say, look, it's my fault. I screwed up and and just see what happens. I wanted to pitch in here. So the the two books that we're talking about, it's funny, like this whole podcast is like based around Jocko Willenick, right? And, um, you know, the reason why I feel like I have a fairly good handle on the philosophies that he's teaching in the book is because, you know, I, I've listened to at least two different podcasts of uh, Jocko and Joe Rogan. And these are like three hour podcasts. I mean, they're, they're super intense, you know, thorough podcasts. And, and uh, I, I enjoyed them quite a lot. So that's why I felt like I had enough in me from those podcasts where I could like apply what I learned from the podcast, which is what he wrote in the book and, and apply it to my team and, and apply it in like a coaching type call, right? Can you imagine? I mean, you know what it's like to, to train employees. This is a crew that he's had. Like imagine five guys and everyone knows they're all talented. They all know what to do, but they're not clicking. Something's going wrong. The leadership's poor. And can you imagine the value, like what that phone call was worth, like that coaching moment? I mean, it's, it's one of my, it's one of my great moments for me that I always chalk up to like, this is a big deal. Right. And because not only because it, it saved his 
his team and and basically resurrected it but also for him to f- see his dad see the change in him and him to realize that his dad noticed the change in him it's like so there's so much impact right there it's just um it's good stuff that's why that's why i love our coaching community so much yeah and and there's a reason why both of those books the uh dichotomy of leadership and the extreme uh, ownership is uh, both of those books are on my top 10 book reading list. So if you wanted to see those, if you want to order them, you can go to our website. Actually, we have it on there, uh, hammerandgrind.com forward slash tools of the trade and click on that and you can see the books. Uh, you'll see the two on there if you want to order it, plus all the other books that Eric and I recommend. But that's the reason why both of those books are on my top 10. So <laughs> Um, if you don't have anything else, Eric, I think we can end it there. I mean, that's this, this is a super powerful podcast. Um, it doesn't seem like much, but man, I'm telling you, if you if you take start taking ownership and and uh, go in front of your team and accept that blame and take the ownership, uh, you'll see some things start changing. So I'm pretty excited about this one. Thank you so much for giving us your attention and your ears tonight. We really appreciate the time that you spend with us. We hope you're enjoying the podcast as much as we are enjoying recording it. Uh, you know, make the world a better place and uh, help out some contractors that are in your community by sharing our podcast with them. And uh, these are like little mini coaching calls, like little, you know, 30, 40 minute coaching calls that we're hoping that are really providing you a ton of value. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. We want to hear those reviews and please smash that five star and uh, we'll catch you on the next time.